Hey guys, welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. My name is Imano. I'm Oluwani Femi. I'm Chingo Zrim. And I'm Bolu. So how are we doing? How's we going so far? So good. Quite slow for me, but... Quite low. Slow. Slow. Oh, wow. Where have you been? <laughs> Floating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, it's it's quite slow, but there's a lot of conversations going on mm. in the internet, right? And the, one of the biggest conversations we're having right now is are fintech startups in Nigeria too many? Do we have too many fintech startups in Nigeria? Hmm. So let's let's go around take a poll. <laughs> Jim, what do you think? <laughs> we don't have enough. We don't have enough. Bolu? I still want to build my own, so we don't have enough. You still want to build your own? It's not Web3 you should go and do. And now Web3 in FinTech, FinTech in Web3. You cannot go and, you cannot go and do a Greek. A Greek Okay, Onema is producing for us today. So, yeah, shout out to her. Nifemi? Um, I think they are. There are too many? Yes, for some reasons I will mention Later. while we are going on in the conversation. Okay, okay. So, Chinguzer, yeah. yeah, we gave you the heavy burden of doing <laughs> research on that topic. Okay, so like I said earlier, I, I don't think there are too many fintech startups. So just to be clear, until a few weeks ago, I, I actually believed there were too many fintech startups. I mean, when you look at the numbers, I think um, fintech startups, typically, especially in Nigeria, they typically raise significantly more money than any other person. So you see fintech startups taking about 50 to 60% of the funding available every year. And then everybody has to share the remaining 40%. So I always felt, okay, there are too many fintech startups. But I've been having conversations with some players in this space. And I, I think my opinion or my views have changed since then. So to the research that kind of solidified my stance on this, we are looking at numbers now. So for India, we have 6,636 6, 6, fintech startups. Mm-hmm. And the population in India is just one, is 1. 1.4, not just. <laughs> okay, yeah. I wanted to ask you, 1.4 what? 1.4 billion people. Billion, that's what you were about to say, just for. Well done. <laughs> now for Brazil, 1,446 fintech startups for 215 million people and mm-hmm. 8,775 for 334.6 million people in the US. Okay. Um, so when you now come back to Nigeria, mm-hmm. where um, according to reports from the uh, lead intelligence by TechPoint, we have at least 250 active fintech startups in the country. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, um, intelligence by TechPoint is working on a report on the fintech startup ecosystem in Nigeria. So you can watch out for that. Subscribe to the mm-hmm. newsletter at intelligence.techpoint.africa mm-hmm. and you get a report. Yeah, that, so, that reminds me. Yinka said there are way more than 250. Yes. Way more. So Yinka, yes, that yeah. he said that himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, but it's not less than 250. There yes. are way more than 250. Yes. And uh, if you're curious, this is gathered from data around the internet and the activities of all these startups. Yeah. But is that the only number that's flowing, flowing around? Uh, I think uh, Statista also has their own... Uh, yeah, so Statista says 144 as at 2021. 20, but okay. I, I doubt those figures are correct. Because last year, there was a report by Fintech Association of Nigeria. And I think that was May 2021. Mm-hmm. And they said 
they had over 150 recorded fintech startups. So in in the time that elapsed, we've had a lot of startups founded. Some mm-hmm. that you will not know that they actually um, fintech startups. Some are just launching. Mm-hmm. Some are still in beta. So like, there's no um, there's no universally agreed upon number. But what we can say from Yinka's research is there are at least 250 active fintech startups in Nigeria. So let's do more numbers in India. You have one fintech startup for 210,000 people. Okay. Mm. In Brazil, you have one fintech startup for 148,000 people. Okay. In the US, you have one fintech startup for 38,000 people. Okay. In the United Kingdom, you have one fintech startup for 27,200 people. Mm. Interesting. Guess in how many startups you have in Nigeria for every 100,000 people? based on Inka's uh, uh, intelligence by tech points numbers, right? Yeah. You have about one fintech for 800,000 people. Wow. Blows, blows everybody out of the water. So, um, in the words of a wise man, we need more. And by my calculations, just to get to maybe where UK, India, or anyone, we need at least a thousand more fintech startups. So, but mm-hmm. what, what are the experts saying for about this um okay so we spoke to adede yolowe and he's a fintech expert and he shared his views no we don't have enough we don't have enough lenders we don't have enough payment processors we don't have enough e-commerce we don't have enough of anything like so and i can't blame the people that feel they are many because we live in a place where a lot of these things are happening so everything feels new and everything feels they feel overwhelmed they they We, I don't even think the fintech and the startups in Nigeria have scratched up to one percent of any problem we want to solve. No, I don't think so. So we are not enough at all. We probably even need probably ten, twenty times more fintechs to come into this space. They create innovation. Their their competition creates innovation. Their competition opens up the way. So, <laughs> I okay. I think this is the best time to have you changed your mind. To, no, I haven't. Okay. Okay. I agree to an extent to what Adede Jolo is saying, mm-hmm. right? So there are a lot of problems to be solved, uh, right? Before you continue, sorry, Adede Jolo is the CEO of Lend Square and the trustee of Open Banking in Nigeria. So if you want to learn more about Lend Square and what they do, or if you want to learn more about Open Banking, yeah, we're going to link to that in the discussion. Those are aspects of fintech we have not even touched yet. Yeah. That Talking is. about <laughs> problems, <Okay>. right? <laughs> <laughs> so now there lo- there are not enough, right. right? There are problems. Of course, that is what is um, that, that that is why people actually build in Africa because there are problems. Mm-hmm. But are the existing ones solving solving the problems that are okay. on ground, right? Mm-hmm. Or are there mm-hmm. a lot of people focusing on a particular problem while leaving out the parts mm-hmm. that are supposed to actually reach the unbanked in quotes, mm-hmm. which is always in their pitch, their <laughs> pitches. You get, yeah. you will see f- financial inclusion, you will see banking Bank the unbanked, yeah. you get. So, are Actually, they really that, that solving? Is now banking the next billion. Oh, the bank in the, the next billion. billion. Oh, good. Beyond the can can go and whatever themselves. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that I'm not. Say, if you want to look at how saturated they are on a particular problem, mm-hmm. while they are leaving hmm. out other problems, then I don't know why what they are doing there. But if they can get more, like they can become more, and they are solving problems, the real problem are supposed to be solving, like the lending problem. 
that Emmanuel mentioned, right? It's not just only about payment. Like, I mean, how much money do I have to move around, right? How much do I have in my account? If I, for instance, now I have three bank account with um, two traditional banks and one new bank, mm. and how much do I have to be moving around those those accounts just for payment, right? But there are mm. other, also other problems with insurance, right? Yeah. There are problems with remittances, right? There's there's problem with cross border payment. There are problems. Those are the ones that should get saturated, not just I want to buy planting in the market problem. You get so that is my reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. so, if they want to get more, they should be solving problems. So, but I guess that maybe changes the conversation, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not it's no longer a case of too many fintech startups. Yes, but so um, the ones available solving the problem exactly, mm-hmm. and are they focused in just yes. few? Because um, fintech is not just. It's not just one industry. Sorry, okay, it's one industry, but it's not like it's just one service. Mm-hmm. So you have lending, you have insurance, you have buy now, pay later, you have investments, you have payment, you have insurance. Yeah, so um, the there was a 2020 McKinsey report, and according to that report, most of the fintech startups actually focus on payments and lending. So that's like true, and I just mentioned six different problems subsectors mm. yeah. of uh, that that manager reports reminded me of an article i wrote based on that report that okay. fintechs are merely scratching the surface mm. of financial inclusion in nigeria mm-hmm. and i guess when that story went live i got a lot of sarcastic responses on twitter like, <laughs> of course, oh, of course uh, <laughs> yeah this is news mm. those uh, ah wonderful revelation mm. <laughs> but let's let's face it this is two years on and we're still having a conversation what Problems are this pay, pay stack and flutter wave are right up there with one of the best payment processors in Africa. Mm. And you're coming to tell me you're building another payment <laughs> processor. Yeah, so there, there, are, there are so many, in a way, the criticism is justified. You have mm-hmm. too, many, too many startups, but you guys are just doing one or two things. And there's an argument to be made that in a few years, let's say five, ten years, a lot of these guys are either going to die out, they either oh, be merge. acquired or they'll be doing mergers with other startups. Already it's happening. So that's um, the the system will correct itself at some point. But there's also the part that um, payments and investments are kind of low-hanging fruits. Mm. So <clears throat> you want to build a payment startup, for example, it's a lot easier for you to build a payment startup than say insurance. You need data on people for you to build a very good insurance or lending, uh, what do you call it, a lending solution. So I, I think first we have the problem of data and we were discussing earlier and we are like any, uh, one of the major attractions for FinTech, especially to investors is you can make a lot of money very, very quickly. So you could do like 10X to 50X of your investments, but this is for payments and all. So what happens now if I want to build data for other sectors. I have to I have to put boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. People have to go out to gather this data. Mm-hmm. These bots can't gather the data. So if people are going out to gather this data, that means I'm paying them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if I'm paying them, that's operational cost. Would you just focus on Why not just focus on the one that the simpler, software can just do? Yeah, the simpler problem, so, so to yeah. say. So I think the moment you have like um, more data, mm-hmm. 
on people and thank, thankfully we have a few companies already doing that but I, I think once we have more data then that will just correct itself naturally mm, so more data that will correct itself naturally yeah. so and it's not just more data anyway but mm-hmm. that will go a long way there are still other things that, that are needed for that to just um, correct yourself I think at, at some point mm-hmm. it's going to get harder for you to raise money for a payment startup mm. okay and so what's our verdict now our mm. verdict okay verdict based on mm-hmm. new but information I still I still believe we don't have enough and I think in light of you know more information now what the problem now is we have more people focused on few services mm-hmm. uh, but it's still not that we do not have uh, too um it, it's still not that we do not have too much mm. okay so nifemi you agree now right yes or no yes, yes. I, i do agree okay. that they are not enough okay so but uh what i'm trying to just maybe cut it short here is because you mentioned something about lending a critical area that we are not solving yet in mm-hmm. africa or we are barely solving and uh, when you don't have purchasing power then everything else you are building i can't afford it and it's simple as that mm-hmm. right i have to put food on my table right? so many nigerians need cash flow to be able to solve a lot of things right i got a new job i'm thinking of how do i get a phone how do i get a laptop how do i get so the whole conversation about buying our ability has increased right a few mm-hmm. podcast episodes ago we talked about cdk talked about uh, many carbon. startups carbon trying to play in the in a pelita space yes so what is what what is going on with that space and are we seeing improvements what what are the issues we are currently facing i guess there are some new updates you have for us there yeah it's it's interesting that by now pelita is catching on now right the conversation is not even just an african thing yeah it's a global thing you get and it is it is just being adopted in africa that is why they there's still a buzz around it and the there's a, there's a recent conversation around how vinyl pelita is looking as if it's not healthy for young people yeah right i'm a very very like i'm a supporter of vinyl pelita <laughs> from a personal experience so, so don't want that in your life yes because I'm a kitchen person if you don't know right it's not <clears throat> this is not the conversation of women should go to the kitchen kind of thing <laughs> I just love a fine kitchen I like a kitchen that has equipment and gadgets and oh <clears throat> excuse me now when I was like developing my own kitchen oh god i can't imagine that i'm saying i have a kitchen of my own developing <laughs> your own kitchen <laughs> yes, developer of life <laughs> <laughs> so when i was buying stuff for my kitchen buying up a little helped me like to buy stuff that i need and i love it so much mm. i can't imagine that i'd have owned those things if you ask me for upfront payment for all those things that i have i doubt if i will have half of them right so i'm a very strong supporter of buying our pillator but now, now we are hearing that it is not healthy for young people now the thing the Why argument is, is that so the argument is that you no know, young people <laughs> can have good things fine they should have good things but the argument is that is taking them into a depth trap yeah right young people when you see what you like and they're telling you that by the way let me just tell you about by now pelita and what it does like a 
payment plan, right, that allows you to pay for a product when in installment you get, but you can get your product immediately or after a few payments. And so some of them don't even ask you for interest. Mm. Okay. Right. That is the catch there. There's, some of them don't ask you for interest. Just that your payment plan. <laughs> they, they, they don't ask you for interest and you can get your product and that was what Emmanuel was talking about purchasing power now you want something and you don't have to pay for it immediately and you get it tell me who will not go for it okay but so what's the problem exactly so why is it bad for young people is it and the reason they are giving is it just peculiar to young people yeah so young people have the tendency to go on a shopping spree mm. like they see what they like i pick Shop it well i can pay for it later Nifemi, have you met people? yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 have you met people i should ask you have you met people <laughs> when, i mean adults yes spending. Adults. when it's not as if they are spending at that moment does it look like spending adults. at that moment it looks like you are getting something you get it doesn't look like you are spending okay mm-hmm. but you you you, you fail to forget to remember or to realize that you have to pay for that thing subsequently yes. when you don't even have to pay anything at that moment you just pick it then you forget that you have already you, you already have three installments you are hmm. you are servicing then you go for another one that hmm. is the so part of the conversation essentially a culture of debt yes yeah. yes so the thing is if you as a person you are not financially responsible Mm. never been financially responsible even with loans you cannot be financially responsible with buy now pay later by the way we also asked Adede Jolowe about this because he's the founder of a lending tech platform and he has something to say about it right it, it, let's let just listen to what he, he has to say about it challenge with when you say culture of debt is that look anyone who will buy vicariously right, who just buy things anyhow without thinking twice He's always going to have a problem, even if they took a traditional loan. In fact, that person is a bigger risk. Now, the challenge or the burden for this is on the lender and not on the buyer. So basically, if I'm on Jumia and I want to buy something new, let the buyer, let this lender do a whole bunch of, uh, how would I call it, the normal analytics, credit scoring, if you owe money somewhere, uh, can I online real-time get access to your statement to see your capacity? And in that way, then you can make informed decisions. So the thing is, okay, it is not bad on its own. On its own, so yes. lending companies are supposed to be more responsible. But have you uh, seen these people's ads on Play Store? Come so I don't know. Should it be? <laughs> is it about more responsible? So attract as more people as you want. To if your you come platform. back and buy it, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, I can only speak for myself now. I'm, I'm, well, well so far, I'm a responsible borrower. Like I pay back my loan when I'm supposed to. You get, but not everybody's like that. But we want to want to get what we want, right? So it is it will come back to bite them because they want more people on their platform, Mm -hmm. but they are not doing this thing that Adidas just mentioned. Due diligence on every customer weighing their credit score, trying to make sure that okay, this person has a Mm -hmm. history of being financially responsible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if the lending company just markets massively. Yeah. Which is what they are doing. Which is what they do most of the time, mm-hmm. right? They market massively. Oh, come and buy uh, the latest gadgets. Come and buy the laptop. Come and buy the 
anything you can think of, right? Yeah. Or just come and borrow two hundred thousand naira. Don't think about don't think about how you raise the money at once. Just spread the payment over okay. so, a period so of time. Thi- so the thing is, when you want to, it will attract anybody. It so, will, it will. But it's when expensive. you want to collect your money back, oh yeah, now mm. it's expensive to do due diligence. Due diligence. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared for these platforms, right? Mm. Let's let's take up. They have to get customers by the yeah. way. Get so I understand their marketing strategy, but I'm just scared for them because a, a revelation from Adidas showed that it is actually very expensive mm. to do all these things you are talking mm. about. So here's the thing, right? Um, before I throw stone at the lenders, I would say most of them are trying, but the cost of actually doing these checks can be quite expensive. Let's take you for example you want to buy something or you want to take a loan right you say oh i'm poor and they need to check your they want to check your credit bureau right it costs money like it's not cheap they want to check your statement it costs money it's not cheap they need to use an ai to to process that statement it costs money and it's not cheap now they right now even the best lenders probably do that maybe one in 15 or one in 20 are the ones that are able to pass through that thing now so layer that up let's say checking credit bureau costs like 150 checking statement costs like 100 doing statement analysis like 100 they're looking at 350 so it means that they will have to go spend about seven thousand before they can find each person that will do a loan so that's why a lot of lenders are also doing what cutting corners so how much are you making how much are you spending on the so just to get one user you spend up to say seven thousand there Seven thousand. Not even to get, to get them user. to serve a, a user. So is this a recurring cost or is it one-time cost? Mm, from the knowledge I have so far, mm. it's usually anytime someone wants to borrow okay. money. You have to do all of this. You have to do that to check. So someone wants to borrow money. He has borrowed money before, right? And yeah. he's borrowing again. You have to actually check if that person has borrowed money before. When he borrowed money before, what did he do with it? Did he mm-hmm. pay back on time? On other platforms. It, yeah. Too. You have to also check, has he gone on to borrow money on other platforms? Mm-hmm. And this data is what uh, the credit bureau actually houses, right? So, mm-hmm. but the credit bureau is expensive, like you just mentioned. And companies, sometimes the big ones, the big guns like the Carbons or the Fair Money, have built have probably built their own infrastructure and we probably don't share the data with each other we've actually had that conversation before mm-hmm. fintech startups not sharing information so mm-hmm. that's when you begin to appreciate startups like mono that builds an api to connect these fintech these banking apps mm-hmm. together yeah. so you, with just an api call an api call sorry you can just get everybody's plus an individual's financial information mm-hmm. and yeah, so there are other startups apart from Mono that are now building it for the purpose of lending, Lend Square, Karma Chain, Karma Chain is building. So someone, a driver who doesn't earn a salary, how do you get a credit score for that person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The market woman, how do you get a credit score? But the driver who is probably coming to the uh, park every morning, he pays the park uh, people Ticket. with tickets and is consistent with that ticket payment. That should tell you something that okay this person is actually financially responsible mm-hmm. yeah well how do you capture this digitally capture because if you can't capture it digitally it becomes difficult mm. i think it's something that there's there, there's a whole lot here that goes into it and probably as, as time goes on they'll figure it out because you already have like traditional lenders and goods mm-hmm. who use they don't use digital methods to do all of this but a lot of them manage risk by lending to people who are only doing business so if you're borrowing from me to fund your life so i get out 
and <laughs> it makes it makes more business sense to them because one you'll be you'll be borrowing larger sums and two if your business goes under like i think you'll be more invested in making sure your business does not go under mm-hmm. than it, because last last you default on payment for your gen they come and carry the gen life goes on <laughs> but if your business goes on that you've lost your source of livelihood so mm. maybe business lending is the way to go for now I'm, yeah. I'm wishing them i'm wishing them the best rather <laughs> and because they're helping lives here yeah. helping lives right put, so, yeah. put them in your prayers <laughs> <laughs> so talk, talking about helping lives right i just mentioned a random driver who is probably not captured digitally in any way right his morning to evening is totally on cash but somewhere somehow the nigerian government has thought up a solution based on blockchain i'm putting air quotes as i'm talking right now <laughs> and they're saying it's going to boost financial inclusion and they've upgraded it and behold ladies and gentlemen that feature is called the e-naira <laughs> how many Drum downloads <laughs> good so okay. yes give us a crash course on what uh, what the e-naira is all about right now Okay, so the Inera is the Central Bank of Nigeria's uh, CBDC. CBDC is a central bank digital currency. It's a currency built on the blockchain. It works just like a cryptocurrency, but it is not a cryptocurrency. Nigeria's Inera is built on a blockchain system called the Hyperledger Fabric, which is a private blockchain, which means the CBN can control everything that happens on that blockchain. The CBN is responsible for consensus mechanisms, what kind of consensus mechanism is being used, how many nodes are there, who are the people that are able to um, verify um, transactions. So that's basically what, what the Inera is. And now we have an upgrade to the Inera. So, so what is that supposed to do for me? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Inera came out um, last year, October. It was supposed to come out October 1, 2021, but we didn't see it. But then we saw it October 24 or 25, I can say for sure now. So, but we saw it some weeks later and yes, there was a lot of noise about it. There was a lot of buzz, but after some time, everything died down. You know, I've been talking to people about the inner and I'm like, have you been using inner? People are like, e what? <laughs> and then you'll be surprised that, you know, even people that, are, you know, Pro blockchain, they are very pro blockchain. Anytime you talk about anything blockchain, they are there, and then you expect people like this to really use um, such solutions. And I ask them, and they are like, "I'm not using that thing. I don't even know." I, I myself, I try to use it because if you know me, I'm a pro blockchain person. I try to use it, and I was not even able to register in the first place, talkless of using it. Cool. So now. Yes, I was not able to. So now there's an upgrade to it, and it's prom. It's it's quite promising. Well, I know some people disagree with me, but I think it's quite. Mention promising. my name with <laughs> Mention my name. Yeah. So the CBN branch controller for Lagos, Mr. Barry Boluka Kayo, revealed at a sensitization campaign at the Cairo market in Oshodi, Lagos that bill payments will now be coming to the inner this means you can now use your inner to pay for your dstv use your inner to pay for your light bills why use your inner to that. even pay for air flight tickets why <laughs> why will i do that so you will want to do that because Me. you get okay you get free tra- free transactions on the inner you don't have to pay for transactions when you use the inner cool. so if you send is this a marketing tactic or is how it would always be it's, I think it's how it will always be because from 
the knowledge I have with blockchain, it's quite, you know, if you have a good consensus mechanism, it is quite simple to offer um, trans- transaction. So say, for example, a blockchain like Solana now where you can see thousands of transactions per second at very minimal cost. Like that's pretty insane. So now we now have a, a government that can control these things by themselves. So it means that they can offer transactions at zero charges because they are the one they are the ones that built their infrastructure. The infrastructure is for them. Okay. So they're able to offer um, transactions at zero charges. They so built the infrastructure or they contracted they someone contracted, outside yes. Nigeria? <laughs> they contracted, yes. They contracted someone. all our developers here. Yes. Banking. Okay, so they control the blockchain. Off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, they control the blockchain. So they will be able to offer these transactions at zero charges. So I, I find it interesting that the CBN, uh, we've been trying to fight for free transactions so far so good with the CBN in the past few years. But... They are doing it with the e-naira. So are they trying to say, okay, leave your banks, leave your fintechs and use the e-naira? Is that what the CBN is saying? Or is that what they are pushing for indirectly? No, I think they want it to exist, um, to coexist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Banking, the normal banking infrastructure. If transaction is free, why should I use any fintech or banking app that charges me? You can decide not to use any bank again if you think the e-naira will work well for you. But but this transaction thing is <coughs> is a two-way thing yes right yes what if the person i'm um, transacting with doesn't want in area so from your inera wallet app you can actually send money to a normal bank account oh cool. yes so which makes it really cool so if i'm sending money to onomena because i'm always owing onomena for some reason wow <laughs> <laughs> so if i want to pay her back now i can send it to a bank and it's free and I think that's that's pretty awesome. And then there's another interesting thing about the upgrade, which is USSD. And I think that's I think that can really push the <laughs> the financial inclusion. I'm narrative. smiling at you, USSD. <laughs> so yeah, I've heard this several times, right? Yes. Startups, fintech companies. Once they say USSD, everybody starts shouting financial inclusion. Mm. But we've had USSD for some time now. What, what's been going on? So, what changes with USSD? So I think what happens now is with the Inera USSD, it means that we don't know exactly how it's going to function, but now we know that you can access the Inera with USSD. So once you dial star nine nine seven hash, you'll be able to access your, um, the Inera. So for now, if you dial it, it will tell you that the service is. Why do you not tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw you trying to dial it, so I just need to tell you before you start bashing is the Nera. Is it active already? So I don't think it's active already because according to TechNext, they said these upgrades will be coming next week. Okay. So, but if when you dial it, it tells you that the service will be restored shortly. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's obvious that they are working on it currently. So, mm-hmm. I think wow. what changes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen this before with the Apple. Yes. You know how long we downloaded yes. the app before we saw app. Yes. Okay. Yes. Continue, we saw please, that. Continue, but please. let's 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 give them the benefit of the doubt. All let's right. wait till next, next week. Let's okay. see what happens. So, what changes now that we have USSD is that. I'm, I'm just going to make um, an educated guess or suggestion here and say that you'll be able to um, register for the inera, you know, have your own inera wallet with that USSD. So you can dial and just say, okay, uh, this is my name, provide your NIN, and then 
automatically you get an in-Naira wallet that you can access via USSD. So you don't need to have a smartphone to send money or receive money. You can just do that simply with USSD. And I think this this presents an opportunity for people who do not have um, smartphones. I'm going to assume that most people that have smartphones could have bank accounts. So you notice that people that live in a lot of uh, these rural areas mm-hmm. usually use feature phones, phones where you can use WhatsApp and all these, you know, sophisticated apps that we have on <laughs> <So sophisticated. laughs> they actually apps that are only that only work with smartphones. Mm-hmm. So this actually presents um, an opportunity for them to be financially included. included. So I'm but, sure but, but there are still existing problems, right? With yes. your NIN, the verification issue that is going on, BVN, yes, bank verification numbers, it's not everybody that have it. Exactly. And all. Exactly. So the thing with the NIRA is, um, let me address the bank verification number issue f- um, firstly. So the thing with the NIRA is you can actually open you can actually open um, in, in, an ERA wallet without your bank verification number. So the ERA wallet is in three tiers, right? So you have the first tier where you can open without your bank verification number, but just with your NIN. But the only the only drawback with this is that your tr- daily transfer limit is fifty thousand naira. That's one hundred and twenty-one dollars. Mm-hmm. So the next stage, the next year, now you now you need to have a bank account and you need to have a bank verification number, mm-hmm. and then your daily transaction limit is two hundred thousand. So naira. yes, two hundred thousand naira, which is four hundred and eighty-six dollars. And then the third tier, which also requires a BVN, at least a BVN, gives you a transaction limit of one million naira daily. Okay, so I, I think I understand what's going on here. They're trying to get the inera to as many people as possible exactly. and develop possible use case because that's a question all of us were asking. And uh, since the NIN is like the KYC method, mm. that's about seventy-five million people who have registered for NIN. Yeah, BVN is fifty-five million, roughly fifty-five million. Yeah, so we're looking like twenty million people extra to come into the financial exactly. space. Ideally, right? Ideally. All things being equal. So, but there are other issues we've not talked about, right? Security issues, verification issues, and what's the incentive? How do you get this feature to people we've been talking about, right? The average driver that spends all his money on cash. Mm. Why should they care about the inera? Woman in the village or the man in the village. Why should they care about the inera? But I'm not expecting you to answer that question. <laughs> okay, so, I, I, I can just, just in the cities are not even bothered. Is that? <laughs> I, I will just I will just attempt to answer those questions and say that uh, for someone in the rural area that does not have proximity to a bank, op- an account that you can simply open on your phone without having to go to a bank to complete mobile money. any yes, it just is mobile money exactly so just why, like why mobile money. Era? Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there, please. So yeah, uh, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, and there are lots of interesting conversations to be had, and yeah. I'm sure yeah you who is listening right now, you have a lot of things to talk about, mm. right? So why not tweet at us the, the tech, with the hashtag TechPointAfricaPodcast or email us with the, pod, uh, the email podcast at TechPoint.Africa. So if you're listening to us for the first time or you've listened to this episode and you feel like this should get to a lot more people, right? People should know more about FinTech. They should know more about Binal Pelita. They should know more about Inera. Yes, where can you get the podcast? Uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Stitcher, 
iHeart Radio, Podcast Addict, and everywhere else you get your podcast from. Yeah. So yeah, anywhere you got your podcast, anywhere you're listening to us, just just share and uh, have a lovely day. Bye. 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 Bye.